Colin Farrell's in there too. It's it's not good. It's not a good story. It's not good acting. It's not good storytelling. True Detective season one, best single season of television out there. Okay, speaking of not good acting, in this episode, we want to talk about our top five least favorite movies of all time. So I think terrible acting may be a part of this I podcast. did not realize the banter we just went on was being recorded. Oh, I record everything. Ah, whatever. Well, yes, top five least favorite movies. I'm sure this list will be interesting. Um, We're going to go in reverse order, I think, from the first one. So, Frankie... Take us away. Oh, so I have to start this one off. Number five least favorite movie. All right. Yeah. Okay, so top five least favorite movie. My least favorite movie of all time, and I will watch some doozers. Back to the Future Part 2. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My least favorite movie. Someone's going to get smacked. And this also hurts me because Christopher Lloyd's in this movie, but it's still terrible. Baby geniuses. <laughs> what the fuck? I okay. still can't fucking get over that this movie exists and how out of left field this is. I would just like the time to... Th- I want to read the synopsis of this movie that IMDb has. Okay. 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 So, Ed- educate us on what Baby Geniuses is supposed to be. All right. And then we'll go over, like, you know, what the rating is. I- I'm supported in my argument here. Scientists hold super-intelligent talking babies captive. But things take a turn for the worse when a mix-up occurs between a baby genius and its twin. Oh, that that has Oscar written all over it. Like, like, I don't know how... Baby genius. I don't know how this movie did not win an Oscar in 1999. There's probably three or four of them, to be honest with you. Frankie, I have a question for you. What's up? Who hurt you? I'm sorry. <laughs> I I remember this movie coming out and seeing trailers like on television or whatever for it. But well, when was that movie from? Uh, 1999. 1999. That being such a bad movie, how is it even in the realm of your mind to pull? It took me a while to make this list, and I had to dig deep. How deep did you take to get baby genius? Like, and like, I want to know what your experience with this film was because you're younger than I am. And in 1999, <laughs> I was 11 years old, and even at 11, I wouldn't be the one to be like, you know what film I want to watch? Baby, baby geniuses. geniuses. When I was 11, I was like, what well, I. I had seen some shit already at this point. So, like, like, tell us the story. How did you become involved in Baby Geniuses? I don't know. I don't think I have a particular story to where, like, Baby Geniuses, like, made my list. But I do remember, I don't know, it was, like, second grade, third grade or something. Like, it was just always on TV. And I was just always annoyed with it. It was one of those free movies. Like, it was one of those only things. It was before, like, satellite TV was a thing. I know I'm dating myself here, like... But it's just like one of those movies that is always on cable. And it was just like a talking baby, just a terrible plot line. And here I am, second, third grade, already knowing that this movie is 
the worst of all movies that you could possibly do. Like just a just a Hollywood cash grab. Throw some talking babies in a movie, and there you go. But I mean, plot twist: Look Who's Talking is about a baby that talks, or you hear its inner monologue. Also, it a great is, movie is a fantastic movie. Even the two sequels, which are what I would consider not great movies, are still at least enjoyable. The one where the dogs talk is bananas and then <laughs> Roseanne is the voice of the sister in the second one yeah. and it's literally just her and I was like it's per oh. what movie is this? Look who's, who's talking. talking oh okay okay so like talking to Ted Danson right isn't that no John Travolta Kirstie Alley and Bruce Willis is the voice of the baby Bruce Willis is the voice of the baby yeah like, oh, I'm thinking three men and a baby. <laughs> Ted Danson's in that. <laughs> so, like, the idea of a talking baby isn't, like, bad. It no, it's work. I would say it's not the idea of that. It was just the movie itself. Just the movie was terrible. It just, was just terrible. It's just one of those... It sticks with you. ...movies you should never watch. All right. Frankie, you have to tell Curly to go next. Okay. Because so, you just went. So, moving on to Curly... <laughs> We've had a little too much to drink here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, cool. My, okay, so one of my least favorite movies, unpopular opinion, It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Though, I'm sorry, if uh, during Christmas time, like, my, it's, I think it's one of my brother's favorite movies, and, like, my mom certainly likes it, and it's, like, on those lists of, like, oh, we need to watch It's a Wonderful Life. And I'm always like, mm, no, we don't. Because the fact of the matter is, It's a Wonderful Life is a terrible movie. It should have been called, I'm a little bitch, and I'm going to complain about everything because I'm having a hard day. Like, that's what the movie is. Like, he's like, oh, all of these things are falling apart, but he has, like, a girlfriend or a wife and a daughter, and, like, he obviously has people around that care about him, and he's like, my life is terrible, I should just die. And at some point in the movie, I'm like, yeah, you're just a bad person, probably should. The angel is drunk. Oh, it's comedic humor. This angel is a drunk, homeless person, right? Isn't he homeless? And the whole thing is, I can't get my wings. I'm trying to get my wings yeah. by helping you. So it's not even like, it's not even altruistic. And it's like, hey, I want to help you because I'm an angel. It's like, I have to fix you so I can get my wings. I'm sorry. It's a trash movie. It's not enjoyable. Anytime I hear, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. I literally want to jump out of a speeding car. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Worst I movie. A, I have a question about the movie because I don't remember it very much. My family watches it all the time at Christmas time. I do not partake. I don't care for old black and white movies all the time. Sorry, Psycho. Um, like Psycho because I understand and also I love the Thrasher part of it. But it's a wonderful life. Towards the end, is there like a USO sort of like dance? play thing is it am i thinking of the right movie that's pitch perfect three that you're thinking not pitch perfect i I think there might be and it might be like when he met his like girlfriend or his wife or whatever okay but because my family watched that movie which i think it's the same movie at thanksgiving this year and i watched probably the last like 20 minutes of it i'm like this is just Awful. Why do you guys like I this? And see, the thing is, I love old movies. And my old movies, yes. I'm talking like old Hollywood movies, like uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Casablanca. Casablanca. Uh, Hush, <gasps> Hush, 
Hush, oh, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Like, I love old Hollywood movies, all about Eve. Like, those things, like, I don't give a shit if it's black and white. I can enjoy a film if it's a film done right. And I can understand why people want, like, a good heartwarming film. But, like, in my opinion, that movie isn't heartwarming. The guy is a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like they, from what I remember, they, and I mean, they will in TV shows they'll like do like holiday episode or something where they will basically rehash "It's a Wonderful Life" and it's supposed to make you like, oh, you should really appreciate the things in life, like simple things, and your life wouldn't be miserable. And I always think the same thing where it's like a person who is ungrateful for what they have shouldn't be given the latitude to be like, you need to be more grateful. It's like, oh, if you want to keep going down a path where you're a piece of shit, then you're just going to be a piece of shit. And it, But that's because I'm hateful and my heart's black. And it's it's a Christmas movie. If you're going to watch a Christmas movie, why not choose like Die Hard or Home Alone? Or Christmas Vacation. Or Christmas Vacation. Oh, God. Are we, we're going to have a holiday Holiday, a holiday like film holiday experience. Movie. He's so posh. Holiday movie, but I digress. A trash movie. Kyle, what you got? All right, number five, least favorite movie, and I put this as number five because it's unfair that it's my least favorite movie. But when I was in, I believe middle school, I had pneumonia. I was in the hospital for like a week and a half or something. They had three channels: the front lobby. I don't know why that's a channel in hospitals. It's so f***ing dumb. The other one was like Sports Center or something. I don't remember. And the last was like TBS The Ocho. Like not even original TBS. Like TBS The Ocho. <laughs> nice dodgeball reference. But okay. And all they played for two weeks while I was there was The Goonies. <laughs> so I watched that movie so many times. I cannot stand it anymore. Understand it's a cold classic. I just I just can't. I saw it too many times. The only like time they didn't play it, I remember it was Friday night at seven o'clock, and they played Big Daddy, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> but that's the only pause right after that ended, Goonies came back on. I'm gonna so I'm gonna join you on this bandwagon of not liking the Goonies, but it's for a different reason. Like you've seen it so many times. I have never well, I think it's an enjoyable movie. I have never sat down. And I have tried at this point, I think, like, at least twice. One time I was in a drive-in movie theater. I've tried to sit through The Goonies, and halfway through, I fall asleep. Like, I can't stay awake. It's boring. I don't know if it's it's boring. It's just I can never stay awake during The Goonies, and I've tried multiple times. And I always fall asleep for whatever reason. And it's always at the same time. Like, I always, I get to the pirate ship. Once they find the pirate ship, I'm asleep. I wake up, the pirate ship is escaping out into the ocean. Like, I missed the whole movie. I'm going to agree with y'all. I don't, like, I understand why people like it, but I also, personally, I just think it's kind of one of those movies that's overrated for a bunch of different reasons, and it's because, like, I'm one of those people that I like to get involved in a movie, and I like to be like, oh, this is realistic for... Or, like, you can feel some sense of, like, this is preposterous, but there's some grounding in reality. And that movie just doesn't have it. The three murderers that are chasing these kids through are somehow able to do all of these seemingly impossible tasks that the kids all can do to find their way through to get there to the exact same pirate ship. And everything, it's it just seems like 
It's forced. Also, I want to know where the term Goonie came from. Was that an actual, like, reference to the time period? Because, like, there's a part where it's like, oh, we're yeah. Goonies. It's like, why are you Goonies? What does that mean? Are you, like, goon? Like, a goon. It's like, oh, you're not a goon. You're a Goonie. Because, like, the so part... Dumb kids in the story sucks. Dumb kids. Like, that whole part... Which, like, they, like, put all this emphasis on where, obviously, like, the jocks that are trying to take this girl to, like, fondle her or something when she's in the well, and she gives her, like, the Letterman jacket back to the guy, and he's like, you goonie! As he yells down, like, for what purpose? Like, what? Like, is that, was that a slang term? I want to know what was going through Spielberg's head. Also, probably some kind of slur of some kind. Also, also racist against... Uh, both Asians and Hispanic people, mm-hmm. and the end part, I always laugh. Or the mentally handicapped. Or mentally handicapped, or fat people. P- t- baker's choice. Yeah, yeah. Dealer's choice, sorry. Um, I do laugh every time, though, when they shred the, uh, when the dad's like, you're never gonna get my job. He throws the paper up, and some poor PA production assistant, is, like, behind the camera, like, throws extra pieces of shredded paper that you can actually see happen. You're like, okay. Do you have something to say, Frankie, or are you ready to No, I'm ready to move on to the next part of the list. Go ahead. So this is number four. Number four. All right, so number four for me. after five comes four. Have another margarita, bud. I have a hard time. Two becomes one. (laughs) I have a hard time with numbers. (laughs) Um, so... You right. So, number four for me, this is actually a sequel Baby movie. Genius. <laughs> the sequel to Baby Geniuses. No, Baby Geniuses, I'm sorry. So, it's not the sequel to Baby Geniuses, and this hurts me. Maybe I should have picked that one. But this is actually a cash grab that Hollywood did. And I understand a cash grab. I made a popular movie. You're damn right. I'm going to try to make a sequel to make some more money out of it. But the one... That I cannot ever forgive, and I will never watch again, is Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Oh my fucking god. I... No. I did not even know that was a thing. You should never watch it. There's sequel trash movies. Christmas Story. Yeah. Christmas Vacation... One of the all-time... It's my favorite Christmas movie. It's a family tradition to watch Christmas Vacation... It's a fantastic movie. ...every year. Every year. So, we saw Christmas Vacation 2, and I I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy this for the family because we love Christmas Vacation. We put that in the DVD player and talk about one of the worst experiences (laughs) of the family's life, all right? And you caused it. You ruined it. And I grew up in a trailer park, and (laughs) Christmas Vacation 2 was the worst part of our family. You ruined Christmas Vacation. (laughs) You single him. So, Randy Quaid is a trash person. (laughs) Wait a second. I wish Independence Day it was real, and when he went up into the spaceship... He would have died and stayed there. Oh my god! He I will is say horrible. I will say Randy Quaid. His his political ideas are a little bizarre. I personally love some Randy Quaid. So Randy, I will defend Randy Quaid garbage. from being I, like, Randy Quaid. I don't Quaid. particularly care. Like I mean, I care about the political views. What I think is funny about Randy Quaid is that he was in. Canada, and he literally with, like, it's the lady, I don't know if it's his wife or whatever, they literally just squatted in a house, 
and were like that was the, there that was why he was in the news is because he was like basically washed up has no money and just like squatting in houses. What do you I'm mean like, he didn't get enough money from Christmas Vacation Two? Eddie's Revenge is that what it was? Oh my God, Eddie's Island Revenge. Because it's an Eddie's Island Vacation. Island Vacation. It's not. Oh it's not God. a horror movie. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I never saw it. The. I mean, it might as well have been. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like it was pretty scary. It was a, it was a horror movie. It was just pretty scary to watch. <laughs> oh God. Way to pick obscure nonsense. No, the best yeah. part of that movie was the wife of Cousin Eddie, who was in a lot of the vacation movies. Like she's the one that kept that movie grounded. Cousin Eddie really? as a character is is hilarious. Like Shitter's you, fall. You watch Cousin Eddie in Christmas Vacation, you watch Cousin Eddie in the other vacation movies, and he's great. You try to make Cousin Eddie carry an entire, entire movie, movie on his own? I would want to blow my brains out. No. Oh my God. But not only did he try to, like, I think Randy Quaid did the best he could. The script, whoever wrote that, I'm sorry, but... I don't know. Did you go to film school? Like, I don't know what happened. Like, <laughs> who said that you could write a movie? Oh, God. Oh. All right. What a movie ride. that I'm not going to watch. Yeah, don't. Oh, don't ever. Don't ever. Oh. Curly, what do you got? All right. What's uh, I'm next? I'm going back. I'm going down this train of movies that people like that I just, I can't. I can't even. And it's uh, going to be uh, The Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's a... I hate that movie. I hate it for a couple of different reasons. So, I don't like the movie itself because it's not a good movie. Also, the, uh, no. Okay, so realistically, the reason I don't like that movie is, again, it's one of those situations where after reading and hearing that all of the hell that the people in the production went through to do it. Didn't it, something crazy happen with the Tin Man? He like The Tin Man, ha- like, I can't yes. say he had to replace him or something happened because he was, like, violently allergic to the paint that no, they used to paint him. You're I can't right. remember if he died. You're both right. They had to replace the original Tin Man because of the paint that they used uh, affected him so badly, so he had to get replaced with another guy. Oh. Yeah, and then um, obviously it's a well-known like a lead-based base paint. Yeah, it was a lead-based paint. Um, there was also an alleged. It's still alleged, even though it's pretty obvious that you can see it in the film when one of the Munchkins hung himself. Yeah, like you in old yeah. tape versions, you can see it, and I will get back to that. But also, what they did to Judy Garland. To be, it was Judy Garland, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to be, we're professionals. Guys. Uh, Dorothy, like they did, they barely let her sleep. They gave her all these drugs. They took away her childhood innocence of everything and what Hollywood was supposed to be, and basically like ruined her and basically fueled this like alcohol abuse and drug abuse that she ended up suffering from. To make this movie that also people are like, oh, the like the monkeys are the scariest part. There's nothing scary about those monkeys. I'm sorry, they weren't. There's also the shade of green the witch was uh, painted is copyright. Like they copyright oh, it. So wow. that's why in the new any pro- film production, the Broadway production, mm-hmm. they are not the same color. They're not allowed to be because mm-hmm. the color of the witch and the ruby slippers. Are also they're all like copyright trademark things of MGM. Hmm, that's interesting. Interesting. 
I just, I don't find the I film good. Yeah. I don't find the film good. I think that it's one of those things where I, it has gotten more clout than it deserves. And maybe because, like, sure, it was a musical and it did fairly successful. Judy Garland sings beautifully in it. But the movie it's is iconic stuff, movie. It's iconic. Yeah. It's iconic. But I don't f***ing like it. Do I? Yeah. That's that's fair. Also, um, I had to watch it in Spanish class because my Spanish teacher was a sadist, and we watched. We'll get to movies and we watched it language. We watched it in Spanish, but all the songs were in English, which I just thought was lazy. Yeah, yeah. We also. I don't know. I haven't seen it in. I haven't seen it in years. I remember it being trash. I'm just kidding. Sure. (laughs) I mean, I don't like it. A bit fantastical and a bit whatever. I never liked old movies growing up, so I, I didn't really care for it. it I guess I will be part of the fan base of the whatever audience we have that says that they liked Wizard of Oz. I get what you're saying, though. Like, it definitely has its moments. But I like Wizard of Oz. It definitely had its troubles. I like Wizard of Oz. It had its troubles. But I like it. <laughs> All right. What you got, Kyle? What do I got? I don't even remember anymore. No, just kidding. I have it written down. All right, my fourth least favorite movie of all time, Thor. (laughs) Agreed. Marvel has been excellent over the past decade plus, whatever. They're going on 12 years now, whatever, since Iron Man. Thor was the hottest piece of garbage. Actually, no. Thor 2 The Dark World was even worse. But I remember seeing Thor the first time. And after Iron Man and... It's a letdown. It's, oh, it was yeah. so horrible with his bleach blonde eyebrows. And that and wig. Just, that wig should have had its own movie. There, the wig was terrible. There was no good villain in it. The story was awful. I love Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman was not good in that oh, movie. Oh, what a great cast. It, yes, great cast. Terrible movie. But a terrible film, yeah. They just... I don't know what Marvel was thinking, and then... Justice for Kat Dennings, though. Oh, she was great in WandaVision. She was great in those two movies. She, she, she was the only good Yeah, one. I will say that. She, I she was like, good, but she really shone. Like, her character was really awesome in WandaVision. Yeah. Was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I still remember to this day, like, we went and saw it as a family, like, those movies, and, like, my family actually reacting to her character throughout the movie more than, like, anything that went on. Like, we were laughing out loud to her. Yeah. And she actually made that movie better. It's Thor and Thor, I the Dark World, Dark Elves, and the Ether. I'm like, what is, what is <laughs> happening? I, I actually think that those are the only two bad MCU movies. I'll agree with that. Like Hulk wasn't great. Is that canon? Is it not? Like which Hulk? People though? debate Eric Bana's. Oh no! That's yeah, why am I saying that? That's um Edward Norton. Edward Norton's was okay. I enjoyed that one. It was fine. It was good. Um, but Hulk and Hulk <sighs> two are just. I think the only two bad MCU movies. You were just whining, so what do you think is bad? <sighs> Don't say it. Don't say it. I Iron Man 2. Oh, okay, you can say and it. And Iron Man 3 were both pretty bad movies. Yeah. Uh, Whiplash, Whiplash was underused in Iron Man 2. Great villain, underused. Mickey Rourke. Did a great job at him. I'm not I rather hit. I rather. You know who did a great job in Iron Man too? Sam Rockwell. I love oh. Sam Rockwell. To, to, but to your point, Thor and Thor Two: The Dark World, both can go in the bin. Yes, very well. Thor Ragnarok, 
Perfect. Perfect film. Taika Waititi can have my whole ass. Top. I can win. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a Trixie and Katya quote, but okay. <laughs> top five MCU Thor Ragnarok. Top two worst movies ever made. Yeah. Thor. Yep. Great. Agreed. All right. All right. So number three for me. All right. So when I was in high school, I had a short career working in the movie industry. And by movie industry, I mean, I worked at a movie theater. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Regal cinemas. Regal cinemas. I worked. I I don't know if I can say this, but I worked at a cinema. But yes. So as one as the uh, one of the benefits of working in a movie theater is that you could go and watch a movie for free uh, while you work there. So I decided to go and see this movie, and I didn't make it halfway through before I walked out. This movie is so terrible that I saw it in the movie theater for free, and I walked out before it was even halfway. And through. you were angry that you wasted your time. Yeah. I have never walked out of a movie. I've always just sat through pure unadulterated. My yes. number one walked out of, but anyway. I, I want to sit, it? and I have not walked out of a movie since, and nor have I done it before. The movie I walked out of, though, was My Bloody Valentine 3D, which came out in 2009. Some of you may not even see it. I recommend not seeing it. It came out when 3D movies was at its height. Yeah. Of its, like, gimmick. And while I like Fun movies, experiences. I like seeing 3D movies and all that good stuff. My Bloody Valentine 3D was just trash. It's not a good movie. It is so bad. I, I'm i sorry to say, Jensen Ackles, Kev, like, he has only done a handful of big studio movies, and he is not the one. I'm sorry to say. He is an attractive dude. He has found his niche with Supernatural, yeah. like tw- 20 f***ing seasons or something, yeah. but too many seasons. A, a big budget film actor, maybe he just, he just hasn't found the right magic yet, yeah. but My Bloody Valentine. Is he the it, one that's the new Walker, Texas Ranger, or is that the other guy? That's a different guy. Other guy. That's the uh, other guy from Supernatural. Guy. Jared Padalecki, who also can't really carry a film, but that's another my Bloody Valentine, agree with you. It is not, like, the re- the original was, like, beloved, right. and then they tried to do this remake situation that just wasn't good, and I remember, I think maybe we were talking about this at the office once, but it was like the horror scenes were, like, shot, and it looked like they were shot on a handy cam or something, and it's just, uh... like, they weren't, like... It was like there was one where it was, I think it was like a prostitute or something, or it was like a really slutty girl, yes. and she was literally running like a porn actress. Back to that subject, it was like a porn actress right. running away from a killer, like, ah, as her like boobs are just bouncing as she's like taking the smallest truncated stiletto steps, running away from someone. That's actually my biggest complaint about this movie is it's not a movie within itself. It's almost like a porn parody of the original. And that's, and that's when I had to walk out because porn like parodies are so funny though. And while I while I love a real porn, porn parodies, yeah, a real porn, porn parody, parody right. but like <laughs> those hurt. Those are fantastic. Sorry, mom. <laughs> the audience is really getting to it's know no, us. It's no, Mandahorian or Booba Fett. Like I'm. <laughs> so I remember seeing the trailers for this movie, and especially because, like you said, it was in the height of 3D. Yeah, 3D was hyped, and I'm like, oh, a cool slasher film in 3D, like. I cannot wait to see it. And then never went. 
And I guess I'm glad I did it. No, <laughs> because our you, you our taste money. our taste align very much. Me and Frankie, Kyle and Frankie. I'm Kyle. He's Frankie. And uh, our tastes are pretty much aligned. So if he doesn't like something, I usually don't like it either. So and, like people like will shit on remakes of horror movies as they should because the majority of them are bad. Right. All right, Curly. Okay. What to the got? dreaded topic of this movie <laughs> that spawned a f***ing series that I cannot go a week without having in my goddamn household. Snowpiercer. <laughs> I cannot describe in epic detail how much I f***ing hate that movie. And series. And the overall topic. Which the sad thing is, the director is good. He's known for doing a couple of different, like, really well-known movies. Can I tell you what they are right now? No. Because I'm so enraged. (laughs) (laughs) So enraged by the Snowpiercer. Because, and it's also like, it's got Chris Evans in it, which he's the better Chris uh, between him and Chris Pratt. He is, uh, well, yeah. Um, He is also, uh, it has, uh, what's her, it has Tilda in it, who also can do no wrong in my eyes. Tilda Swinton, that is, for those cretins out there who don't know who I'm talking about. But it just... I like... Like, again, we talked about, like, movies that are grounded in some semblance of, like, this could realistically happen. Or there's some realistic... And I I get it. Maybe I'm taking it too seriously. But you are not going to get me on board with a movie that's like, a train, when when the apocalypse happens, a train was built with the perfect infrastructure to be able to go at the perfect speed to maintain the heat and crops. It's also a class, like, it's a battle of the class and caste system. But it wasn't. That was the whole point of the story. Uh, Eat the rich. Eat the rich. It was a battle of classism. But it wasn't the perfect train. That's literally the the whole story. But the entire intent of the train was to be that it was like, it was the perfect thing. And the people in the tail were like the indentured servant slash food slash whatever the I don't care. You will never get me to agree that this movie has any depth of anything. The show is trying so hard to also make it a thing. And the, Sean Bean's in it. And Sean Bean Ooh, is in Sean it. Sean Bean and, and everything that he ever does. And Jennifer Connelly is in the show. And she also, it holds a place in my heart. But guess the f- what? The government cannot at its current pleasant time, make a train track or a railway system that lasts longer than a year. And you're trying to tell me during the f***ing apocalypse when no one is maintaining this infrastructure that this train is supposed to exist? Give me a f***ing break. And I'm out. Kyle, what's your third? Damn! I, uh, that was was intense. Yeah, Um, that that was real intense. I think we should leave that as it is. I, I didn't want to comment on it. I liked it for what it was. Wasn't a great movie. Wasn't a wasn't as bad as I thought he described it. It was worse than Baby Genius. <laughs> there, I f***ing said it. Here, here's the thing. I have actually never seen Snowpiercer. The only thing I know about that movie is there's these bizarre fan theories out there that say that Snowpiercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka. Yes. That is the only I've heard thing that I have ever heard. Into it. Give me I don't a know. Goddamn break! Don't <laughs> try to give this movie any clout or any mystery. The movie is the movie that it is, which is trash. 
Well, thank you. I don't I mean, have thank you as in a sense like I I like that. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about the I movie. don't have much more to say. That was that was I, a review. That was good. That was a hot I, take. That was I, a hot take. If that was a text, that would be in all capitals. All capitals. And I cannot top that. Like, well, I can't. I can't respond to that. Fire text. emojis, devil emojis, and eggplant emojis for no reason because <laughs> that movie had no sense. Well, yeah. I, I guess we're on to me now. Yes, Kyle. Please move on before I have a fucking aneurysm. <laughs> all right. My least, or not least, my third. Least favorite movie, I guess. Is it Snowpiercer? It's not. Okay. Snowpiercer isn't on my list. <laughs> I substitute taught for a while when I was a bit younger out of college. Oh, God. And I was... Where are the bodies buried? I was a substitute <laughs> for one of my friends growing up, growing up's father. Um, and he was an Italian teacher. Did not speak a lick of Italian. But, so, so when I would come in... <laughs> We would watch a movie, and we watched the same movie every single time. Mystic Pizza? No. Okay. The Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh did you God. watch it because they spoke Italian? They did not speak Italian, but they went to Italy in it, and that's the only reason we watched it. <laughs> I I've never. arguably seen the Lizzie McGuire movie the same amount of times. As Star Wars Episode One or Big Daddy, <laughs> not Big Daddy, <laughs> but I've seen that movie so many times, and it's not an awful movie. Again, it's like the it's like the Goonies paradox. I've just seen it so many times. I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm over it. I have never seen any Lizzie McGuire anything, <laughs> so I have for once I am commentless. Yeah, I saw the Lizzie McGuire movie, and it is the Lizzie McGuire movie. I'm a big fan of the series, I will say. You are the worst. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the movie was the movie. My biggest complaint was that it didn't have her best friend, Lilane, because apparently she had a coke addiction at the time. But, but, dude, Lilane, dude, she was my crush. Lizzie, really? Everybody was about Lizzie McGuire. Hillary, I was all about Hillary her. Duff. I had posters of her in my bedroom. Oh, dude! Everyone was about fun. Hillary Duff. I was all about her friend. See, I think at that point I was watching like the Real World and stuff. So yeah, see, maybe like, was... all of my crushes were like problematic straight people. So, <laughs> like, I don't like. I can't relate to any of this. Yeah, I mean that was thanks Disney. That's what that's what you did to me. You made me addicted to a coke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I need to know more. No, I'm just kidding. That's that's. that's but uh, I, I All guess right. uh, we'll move on to <laughs> Frankie. What's your number two? <laughs> to my number two. All right. So this is an, uh, an example of a of a Hollywood cash grab, I guess. Again, and this is actually a sequel to a movie that made my top five list, and it's just awful. It's god awful. Ruined the franchise, if you will. It is Jaws: The Revenge. Which is so bad, and I love every minute of how bad it is. Michael Caine was once asked why he starred in this movie or how he thought about how the movie performed, and he said he did not care because it bought him his own house. <laughs> he said, I paid for one of my houses. I don't care about how bad the movie did. That so even the was... actors in it were only in it to get the money because I... it was so terrible. I have a question. I've never seen it. 
as we talked about, you did make me watch a clip of some shark screaming or roaring or something <laughs> the other day. So you, I, I know you'll get to that. What number in the franchise was it? Four. Number four. Number yeah. four. Which number three was no gem either. Mm. But number three was one of those movies that they made in 3D. Right. And it had Dennis Quaid in it. Dennis Quaid, Linda Hamilton. And Linda Hamilton. They tried. Jaws 3 actually tried. And, and like it had at least an interesting concept. Because I remember they were like... Uh, they were like trapped underwater and yeah, the shark the comes shark. to Sea World. Well, and the shark, like when it crashes through, like the aquarium was the graphics of that were awful. God. awful. But so Jaws: The Revenge. I remember watching this and laughing about this when I was like a kid, like a like a child who was afraid of sharks. Watched this and like laughing because. Like Kyle alludes to, we made him watch the YouTube video, which I recommend everyone watch at least once. They they somehow, they get an electrode attached to the shark at one point, and they're shocking it with sound or something. It sort of explained junk science. And as they do it, the shark breaches the water and roars like a dinosaur, literally <laughs> yells, and you're like... What? Yeah. Like, Again, I what never... is happening? No, what is happening in this? In the beginning, it's like, okay, so the plot is basically like the, the dad from the first two movies, it's the wife and the two sons, and basically the shark has like some telepathic link or like something where it is... against the Brody family. Yeah, a vendetta the against the family. Killed the first two sharks in Jaws 1 and 2. So... In the beginning of the movie, the shark bites the older brother's arm off, and you can see, like, the arm sticking out under the jacket, and the guy is, like, yelling for his mom. He's like, ah, as he's, like, bleeding, and the shark is coming at him. And the shark, obviously, like, it, he dies. So then the mom goes to, like, spoiler alert, Bahamas or something to, like, to escape New England and get away from the shark, and the shark follows her there, through Ooh. magic or whatever, and probably followed her by swimming. Yes, yeah. by swimming, and then it's just there, and they shock it. And yeah, Frankie, please, is. And Michael Caine is there. He's and like they're this like old pilot. They're old lovers or something. Yeah, like you know, the original actor had passed away at this time, who was in Jaws one and two. So it was about her being this widow who is now having to deal with the shark thing on her own. So Michael Caine shows up, you know. An ex-lover. Yeah, so, like, they're in the retirement home loving each other, and then, you know, old people fight the shark, I guess, and... (laughs) They, like, how how did you describe it, Frankie? How they end up killing the shark? How how did I describe it? I don't know. It was basically the end of The Little Mermaid. Oh, Yes! They drive the boat into the shark as it's breaching, as it's roaring. breaching the water and roaring like it's Ursula from The Little Mermaid. They not, stab it with the bow of a ship, and not <laughs> only not only do they stab the shark, but for whatever reason, it explodes. <laughs> uh, the shark. It's a wooden boat <laughs> that they stab the shark with, and it explodes in this it, glory of guts. 
madness. I have to watch it. it you should watch you it. You should watch it once. to know how terrible. This is one of the awful movies that I would recommend actually watching to see how awful it is. Like, this is... You know, if you ever make a franchise in your life, this is an example of what not to do with your franchise. Cast Jaws the Revenge. Jaws the Revenge. The Revenge. The shark takes revenge for its family being killed by this one family. (laughs) Sounds ridiculous. In Jaws 1 and 2 and 3. I don't know. So Jaws the Revenge. Not a good movie, but go watch it. (laughs) Mr. Curly, what do you got? Alright, so... My number two worst movie is... Well, none of mine are in order. Uh, The Mortal Engines. That's the city one? That Okay, if you want to watch cities that are actually vehicles that eat other cities, then there's like a nuclear bomb mystery involved. Hugo Weaving is the villain in it, so you'd think it would be good, but it's not. He's the only good part of that. There's a... Peter Jackson loves Hugo Weaving. There's a ghost machine villain sort of thing in it. There's also like heavy Asian racism in it. It's just not a good movie. The guy who plays Klaus in the Umbrella Academy and who played, I can't remember his character's name, in Misfits, is like a nice, sympathetic character, but it seems really weird and disingenuous. The movie, the movie was just awful. It was so expensive to make, and I can tell Peter Jackson needs to stop. And what I mean by that is he does great movies when he doesn't have a budget. If he just has to figure out how to make shit work, like old Peter Jackson movies are great. Like The Frighteners, Peter Jackson. There's a zombie movie, and I can't remember what it was called or what it's called, but it's like one of his first big budget, or not big budget, it's one of his first movies. And there's literally a sequence when the main character holds up a lawnmower and is just mowing down zombies with a blade. And that's like something he's like well known for, just for being bloody nonsense. And it's like everyone loves those. But anytime he just tries to do a cash grab of like big budget nonsense, it just turns. Is it brain dead? Yes. I was going to say brain dead, and I'm glad that I'm not the only one that's going to say it in today's recording. But I think Peter Jackson's time has come has and passed. It. He made a wonderful King Kong. I love his King Kong. I think I like his King Kong more than I do the other ones that have ever come out. Even the new ones? Even the new ones. Even oh, Skull Island, I think I like his King Kong over Skull Island. But And I watched the Hobbit movies, and I It's, okay, it's okay to be wrong. You know, and the Lord of the Rings movies, from the bits and pieces that I've seen. I know that's not going to please everyone out there. They're good. But I don't know. Like As far as, like, anytime I see a movie, it's like, well, from the imagination of Peter Jackson. I was like, oh, okay, well, next, next, next trailer, please, because I'm already done. I'm already done with it. I just, I, like, there are people who, they're, t- like, I think people need to go out on top, and people need to sometimes realize that their time has come and gone. The Mortal Engines is a trash film about trash people doing trash things, and it makes no, again, like, it's, the, I get it, they're trying to be creative, but it's just, it's not. I remember seeing the trailer. And being really excited. That actually, that trailer came out right around the same time as uh, A Wrinkle in Time. 
trailer came out. Oh, Hold on. That f***ing movie. Also Annihilation. Oh, God, that f***ing movie. So I bought... Why aren't those movies on my list? So I bought the books. So then I watched the movie with my wife. And at the end of it, we looked at each other and we were like, eh. Like, it was we. It, it, it just, like you were going on, Peter Jackson's epics might be over. I'm actually currently watching Lord of the Rings right now. Great movies. Hobbit? Or The Hobbit and the three movies? Okay. He might be past his epic movies. Watch, he comes out with one next year, and it's the best thing yeah, ever created. Best thing. I mean, but, not writing off Peter Jackson, but his movies so far have been... They were such a high, and now it seems like they're... they're cash-grabbing at the Hollywood cash-grabs never work out the way yeah. they're supposed to. No. I have not seen the Hobbit movies explicitly because I made a promise to myself. If you are going to do that bullshit where you take one of the shortest novels that exist in America, make it, it be like, no, we're going to split this into three, two and a half hour long movies. Mm-hmm. We know what you're doing. Yeah. Just milking that cash cow for all it's worth. I will, I will not. Yeah. I remember loving the Lord of the Rings. I remember going to the theater multiple times and seeing those, even though they're long. I remember seeing The Return of the King in a Canadian theater. There was an intermission. We were smoking cigarettes in the theater watching this f***ing movie. And it's still... I was like, holy shit, this is long. Like, but you know what? Cool. So I agree. Mortal Engines. Not a great film. No. 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 What what you got? Great Lady. What? Grape lady. Grape lady. The YouTube video where she oh, <laughs> she's stomping the grapes and she falls. <laughs> you ever see that video? No. No. You gotta watch that video. Folks. I, don't know, I don't think that's making the cut, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you this video later. Okay. It's hysterical. Okay. So my second least favorite movie of all times is a movie. I might get made fun of this, whatever, but a movie that ruined horror movies for me. The Poughkeepsie Tapes. Ooh. Oh. It is... Okay. It is a movie about this guy that kidnaps... I can't remember. I only watched it once. If it's one girl or multiple girls or something, and keeps them, you know, hostage, you know, kidnaps them. And there's one scene in particular that really ruined horror movies for me. It was the scene where he's in the basement. So there's one scene in particular that ruined horror movies for me. Wait, so there's one scene in particular that ruined horror movies for you? The camera is up in the corner of the basement, and around the corner from the door, you see this guy crawling on the ground. But he's doing that weird, like, jagged crawling like they do in, like, The Grudge. Okay, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's really like sharp movements and, and yeah, jaggedy and stuff. Jaggedy, ex- exactly. And he comes and he goes all the way up and then he comes up and looks right into the camera and he has this weird long nosed mask on and it scared the hell out of me. And ever since, and I can't watch horror movies anymore. That was the movie that did it. Oh, also, the girl at the end where her arm was taken off. Oh, God, it's coming back to me. I've 
I've heard, so I'm an avid lover of horror movies, and the Kipsy tapes I hear about a lot. I don't think I don't think I've ever actually watched it. I, I think it's one of those movies that was made almost like torture porn because that's mm-hmm. also the one that's like almost like found footage, right? It is. Most of it is found footage. the The whole story behind it is it's a mockumentary, okay. and it's these people found. I don't believe they actually found who the killer was, but they found the guy's house, and there's just hundreds of thousands of hours of tape. So it's interviews mixed with tapes, and it just terrified me. Okay. It's like VHS, like those movies. Yeah. If you like horror, I suggest you watch it, because I remember watching it, and it's scaring the hell out of me. So I don't know if it would hold up today, but... I just don't, like, I like movies that, uh, again... There's, like, a purpose in being scared. I don't like things that are just gross to be gross. And that's... I feel like that's probably one of them. I don't remember it being gross or violent. No, I remember it being, like, legitimately terrifying. Again, I haven't seen this movie in over probably ten years. So my memory is fuzzy, but I remember just absolutely hating it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Go ahead. Number one. Mr. Frankie. Least favorite movie. Number one. Least favorite. Favorite movie of all time. The Lion King remake. Oh, okay. Oh, the CGI one. The CGI Lion King. I have to kind of agree with you. Really? I agree with you. So it took everything beautiful about the original Lion King from story to cast to music, and it tried to do it again, but when it did it again, it didn't have any of the magic. It had a lot of talent attached to it. Like, we're talking like... It had Beyonce. It had Donald Glover. It had Seth Rogen. Like, it had some big names attached to this project. But as far as, like, a movie? Uh, and James Earl Jones returned, for God's sake. The Beehive is going to come for you hard. Really? But <laughs> this... Well, he said a lot of talent, because the cast is very talented. The cast is talented. Like, you have all this talent in this magical project. You've got John Favreau directing. But as far as, like, how they did it and how you have these live-action-looking animals, like, not being able to react to what is going on, like, I think that's part of, like, what we like when we go to the cinema is we like to see the reaction of the characters on the screen. When we go to the cinema. The cinema. <laughs> when we go watch a movie. <laughs> All right, and we watch cinema. these, you know, you watch people interact. I mean, that's why reality TV is so popular is because you like to see the reaction of what the other character is doing. And when when you get is like get this na- this na- this natural geographic looking Lion King movie, it's beautifully shot, but you lose all those little special elements. Like just when Mufasa is dead and Simba finds Mufasa dead, like there was no emotion there because you just see this plain cat seeing this other plain cat dead, and boom, there's no you know nothing there. But like if you do like a side by side comparison from the animated film. In the '90s to today's CGI one, like it, it just can't compare as far as like maintaining that magic. I have to, I have to agree with you. So I am not a fan of any of the Disney remakes because, again, it's a cash grab, is what it is. Oh, absolutely. Um, what I don't like is that they take away and change things. I don't feel like they ask enough people like, "What did you like about the movie?" or "What." 
this. Because, like, Be Prepared is one of the best villain songs that Disney has. And they literally changed it to be, like, three words, a spoken thing. And they made Lupita Nyong'o's, like, hyena character to be a, like, villainess. They basically cut the whole song. They did. And, like... The first version was just Nazis. So it was supposed to be, but that yeah, was the so point. I can, that so was I the can see point. why they cut it in today's climate. But, but no, it was like it was li- like you. They were teaching a lesson that it was this yeah. was the problem. No, I see that, and I agree with you because like no amount of voice acting was gonna carry that. So even though the cast was incredible, yes, it was very. I agree with you. It was very like this was unnecessary and unlikable. It is the most underwhelming movie I have ever seen. You know, I have to disagree with both of you on different points. Okay. You, Curly, I love the Disney remakes. I also love remakes in general. I know a lot of people, oh, don't ruin my childhood. Don't ruin these movies for me. That's what The Lion King did. I love the remakes. I love seeing, especially great directors, Jean Favreau, seeing their vision of these Famous tales reimagined, you know? So I love remakes. I will always love remakes. They've been talking about a Back to the Future remake for years. I would love to see it. Will it make Back to the Future 2 not my favorite movie? No. But to see some to see another part of the story, the journey, I would love to see it. Anyway, Frankie, I think what a lot of it is, and you're saying there's no magic there, there's no you, you know, you don't see the same thing that you saw is because you're not watching it as a child anymore. Because one of my best friend's kids watched The Lion King and was heartbroken when Mufasa died. You're supposed you, to be. You, th- exactly. These are movies, especially movies like The Lion King, where as kids we were heartbroken. So the kids today are heartbroken seeing that. And in 30 years, 20 years, when they do another Lion King remake... My friend's kid won't be heartbroken at that one because it's not the one she grew up with. You know what I mean? Maybe. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I also disagree. I think the performances, like, even if you were to take, let's take James Earl Jones. He's, like, one of the most, he's the person that was in the original and in the remake. If you compare performances of his character, not only, like, him as an actor, like, he definitely performed it well, but it just, it doesn't match. Like, it doesn't work. And it's not... I wouldn't say it's like nostalgia making the 90s Lion King better for me. I think it's the fact that... The animation made the characterizations of what they were doing. Exactly. Uh, like, as, as, even though it was cartoonish, right. it was still, like, pseudo-realistic. Because, the ca- like, the lions had, like, facial expressions that they did that were, like, realistic. Yeah. And you lost that little bit when you went so realistic. Like, it looks beautiful. Like, every person that worked on just making the hairs on the lions right, like, they spent months making it perfect. Of course. And, and it's a beautiful movie, but you lose that sort of interaction from characters that you need to actually, like, feel emotional yeah. attachment to, like, what's going on throughout the story. Did you ever see there's a deep fake out there where they make the characters look more cartoonish, more like the original version. And that looked... It it looked good. Oh, it It looked worked so much better. It looked really cool. All right, Curly, your least favorite movie of all time. Uh, no. Mine are out of order for a reason. Because my least favorite would be Snowpiercer. But, 
Um, okay, so I'm gonna say the movie that probably disappointed me the most and is on my list of least favorite movies is Valyrian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Oh, yeah. For so many different reasons. Okay. That's another one of those was supposed was a book, right? It was a comic. Yeah. It was a comic. And it was supposed to be super epic. Like the this the tale or the story. Well, so the beginning it, of the movie starts off. It's good. a series. The movie was basically supposed to be almost like a love letter or in the same kind of realm as uh the fifth element. And it's done by Luke Basson who did The Fifth Element and Lucy. And it's just... The problem with the movie itself is that it if you look at it, the graphics are both simultaneously beautiful as they are confusing. Mm-hmm. Like, what was interesting about The Fifth Element was that though the graphics were not great, the characters were cool-looking. It was all original-looking. It was all interesting-looking. Whereas... Valerian was trying to do way too much with their set and what they had with CGI that it made it unenjoyable. Also, and I cannot say this enough, Cara Delevingne, though she is beautiful, I have not seen a movie yet where she has been good. She was in, like, she was in Suicide Squad. She was Enchantress. It was awful. She's also very, like, I love that movie. She's a model, but she's also. I appreciate what it's what it is. She's a model, and what I like about models is that they look for modeling agencies will look for specific characteristics that are interesting or unique and draw the eye. It's like Anya Taylor Joy has like this almost insectoid kind of view with how her face is shaped and how big her eyes are, whatever. Anya Taylor Joy is a far superior actress than Cara Delevingne ever will be. Also. The guy they cast, which I can't remember his name, he was in... Oh, Dan DeHan? Dan, Daniel, Dan DeHan, whatever. His, um, his claim to fame was this movie Chronicle, and he was great. And that movie was great, which we could talk about that for an entire day. But there is not an ounce of charisma to be shared between either of them. And that's what's sad about it is because that movie, they're supposed to be lovers that are like kind of sort of toying with the idea of whether they're going to be lovers. And all I could see was brother and sister because Cara Delevingne isn't giving him like the time of day and he is not giving her any ounce of ability. She's not a good actress. Neither of them are. Well, here's the thing. And they were cast to lead this epic space drama thing and literally it's like hey I love you I love you too okay I'm gonna go over here now it's very like yeah, it's, it's wooden, wooden. It's, it's funny that you said that because when I first saw Valerian I thought that because I had never read the comics or the graphic novels I thought they were brother and sister I thought this was a brother sister oh, duo that like went out into space and did like their whole adventure no, thing. They're but... like they're like space agents and like the plot is weird. The only good part in it is Rihanna yes. as Bubble and she like yes. steals the show through all of this movie. When Rihanna carries your movie, you know you're having some problems. Rihanna can do no wrong. 
But, like, it's the same thing with Battleship. Like, Battleship was not an epic film, but Rihanna's character it's, was at least no enjoyable clue. to watch. It's no clue. It's no clue! But, oh god, Valyrian. Like, and then Clive Owen is in it, and then there's this weird, like, moral thing in the middle of it. And it's like, none of this is good. I want to see a blue operatic lady singing and doing some miming while Mila Jovovich is just kicking the shit out of people to the beat. Where is Chris Rock with the comic relief? Not, Valyrian had none of the heart and soul of what it should have been. Yeah. And for that, I blame you, Luke Passan. It's funny that you mentioned Luke Passan. I just saw this random fact about this movie as we're talking about it. And it says that there are 200 different alien species in this movie. And Luke Besson wrote a 600-page book describing in detail each species of this movie. So, like, he put a lot of thought into this for it to not make the cinematic impact that he wanted it to. Because, and that's so heartbreaking, and, 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 that, and that may have been the reason is because maybe he spent so much time trying to build this world that he didn't do enough to build the story. Also, Ooh. I feel that it could, like... I feel like different actors could have done to some made this a different experience. What if what if Zach Efron was in this movie? No. <laughs> no. He's not getting none of this. I don't know. Never saw the movie. Don't care to. Wasn't excited when I saw the trailer, and I love trailers. Oh shit. But Kyle, what you got? What's your least favorite film? Alright, my least favorite film of all time is the only movie I have ever walked out on. Toy Story? <laughs> Not Toy Story. As a little kid. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> Buzz of Woody Harrelson. Oh. <laughs> it is the worst movie ever made, and it is Ben Stiller's 2001 pile of garbage <laughs> New York City dumpster trash Zoolander. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> it, I can't breathe. Right? We've like, talked about this before, and it never gets old. It was Zoolander. so bad. I remember I went with my uncle and my cousin, and it got to the point where they're doing the gasoline fight because that's fucking smart. <laughs> I'm sorry. To and I didn't get in the way of your ass. 2000, 2001, I was 13, 12, 13 years old. I should have thought stuff like that was funny. And I look at my uncle and I said, can we please leave? And he goes, let's get out of here. He dumped the bucket of popcorn on my head and we walked out of the theater. I tried to watch it one time what since. What an odd exchange. <laughs> I tried to watch it one time since and I got to the point where Vince Vaughn gets into it. It's his brother. They're uh, coal miners. They're in that town. And I just said, this is so bad. I hate this so much. Please stop it. And I love Ben Stiller. I love Will Ferrell, who is the bad guy in that movie. Owen Wilson is great. And that movie is just hurts my soul so much. So much. Talking so badly about Zoolander, I guess you've never seen Zoolander 2. Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay, I'm a fan of Zoolander. I'm not a right. fan of Zoolander 2. Right, But yeah. I will say Kristen Wiig did, like, this promotional thing for a Zoolander 2 where she did a commercial in her character, and it makes me laugh 
every time. It's called Youth Milk. Let's get wet. <laughs> like, she is so... Is Kristen Wiig in the first one? She's in the second one. Just in the second just one. Yeah, the second that one. was like pre-Kristen Wiig day. I will, I will send you the YouTube of just that skit because it's funny. But the rest of it is... I Like, Zoolander 2 is awful. Zoolander 1, it's... It has the same kind of clout with me as Anchorman. I didn't find well, Anchorman. You're wrong. I didn't find Anchorman <laughs> funny at all the first like four times I watched it, and then I watched it again. I was like, okay, I can see why this is quotable, and I can see why bros are really enjoying this. Zoolander had like it is. It's some of those things that is just like stupid, and you just have to kind of let it be stupid. It was just it. And I love stupid movies. I almost put Will Ferrell's Land of the Lost on my top five favorite movies. I love that movie. There's almost nothing stupider than that. But Zoolander, oh Zoolander was just too stupid for me. I will agree with you. Land of the Lost is an underrated Will Ferrell no. film. Uh, will 100%. Ferrell is completely overrated, and he shouldn't be getting this much work in Hollywood. You're wrong again. The only Will Ferrell movie that I thoroughly enjoy is Stranger Than Fiction. Which is a fantastic movie. Which is a fantastic movie. Elf is overrated, I think. Elf has Woo! funny moments, but it's also overrated. Yeah. Damn. I like like I can appreciate Bob Newhart. I can appreciate all of the work that they did to like save money it's on like budget John and Favreau's stuff. John first movie. It is I know it is. And it's funny enough, but I think it's overrated. People think it's the greatest Christmas movie of all oh, time. No, no, no. You'll never but beat Christmas not. Vacation. No. Even Christmas Vacation 2 couldn't do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Zoolander. I hate it. I'll never watch it again. I'll ground my kids if they watch it. Not going to prom. Not, You're not really not going to like Barb and Star going to Vista Delmar. I don't know. That looks funny. But it's very like Zoolander humor. I uh, yeah. All right. My name's Starsh. Oh, Star are we doing the are we doing the thing? Round we Robin, Frankie. What were your top five least favorite movies? All right, my top five least favorite movies. Number five, Baby Geniuses. <laughs> Number four, Christmas Vacation Two. Number three, My Bloody Valentine 3D. Do not watch that movie. <laughs> Number two, Jaws: The Revenge. Please watch it. It's fun to watch. It's terrible. And number one, save yourself some time. Do not watch. The Lion King remake. All right. My least favorite movies in no particular order. It's a Wonderful Life, The Wizard of Oz, Goddamn Mother Snowpiercer, Valyrian in in the City of a Thousand Planets, and The Fucking Mortal Engines. Burn them all, throw them in a bin. Don't, just don't waste your time. (laughs) Fucking Snowpiercer. And me. Oh, hold on. Let me reiterate. Never f***ing watch Snowpiercer. <laughs> Give it no, none of your f***ing money. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Your turn. All right. And my least of my favorite movies, Goonies. I think I put Thor next. Yes, Thor. Lizzie McGuire. Poughkeepsie Tapes. Terrifying. And Hot New York City Dumpster Trash Zoolander. And that's that. All right. All right. So we're going to do a thing called lightning round where we randomly ask each other questions that we've not discussed with one another before just to get some, like, opinions and insight. So my question is, change an actor from one of your top favorite movies. Okay. So I would say if I was going to recast top five favorite the one of my top five favorite movies, I'm just going to change one, and that's all I'm asking is change one. I would say I think it would be interesting to change John Wick. 
I think that Keanu Reeves is doing a fantastic job in that, but I would love to see like John Hamm or Ooh. or someone completely stupid. Like so it's even way more out of left field. Like Seth Green. Like Seth Green. Yeah. Seth Green is John Wick. Could you fucking imagine he is four foot nothing fighting his way through mob violence? Like wouldn't that be cool? I think I, cool. I would watch Seth Green do this. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at with my question. So we talked about remakes, all right? So mm-hmm. let's say we remake Back to the Future, all right? Who is going to replace Christopher Lloyd? And I think I would pick Jim Carrey to play Doc Brown. But, could, but hold on. Can he please be, like, in character as Fire Marshal Bill? So we're talking Jim Carrey, Fire Marshal Bill... Doc Brown, Back to the Future. Remake. I would spend, Boom. give, I take my money. I would do that in a. In a that's, that's my answer. That's great. That's a good answer. <laughs> that's a really good answer. I like that a lot. Kyle's taking this way too seriously. No. It's a hard question. It's, it's a, a hard very question. hard question, and I hate you because I was thinking Doc Brown as well. Shit. Do and I was thinking. Well, you do it. And I was thinking who could replace. Christopher Lloyd. What did you say, Robert Downey Jr.? No. Somebody actually older, so I don't know if it would work. But Jim Carrey is a great pick. I was thinking John Lithgow. Yes. Yes. He he has the acting ability to do it right. Yeah. He would, like, completely on the reverse spectrum. Like, he would still be funny, but more grounded. Like, I don't want to see Lloyd be replaced, but, like, I was trying to think of somebody who could and John Lithgow is it's a great actor so absolutely I would pay to see both of these like John Lithgow absolutely man yeah. absolutely I like all of this well well played gents alright Frankie lightning round question my question yep alright so my question to you is we kind of talked about it earlier what is the best Star Wars movie that's been made since Disney took over so we're talking about the sequel oh, trilogy Solo or Rogue One? Oh, okay Okay. Rogue One. Rogue One, hands down, is the best movie Disney has made in the Star Wars But franchise. also, I didn't like, uh, what's her name? I didn't like the lead actress. Oh, Jin Erso is so good! But Felicity, whatever oh, her name Felicity is. Jones. Felicity Jones. I don't oh. know. I just, like, I get it that she's supposed to have a chip on her shoulder and be depressed and be meh, but I just didn't find her character likable, which is also, I guess, kind of the point. Yeah. yeah. Rogue One did something special is like it actually had real stakes. There was real stakes going on in that movie. That we already knew what happened. But yeah, we already knew what happened, but there was also like how it was gonna unfold. How it explored the galaxy as far as like having great characters. Why like, does the Pe- bad guys weren't only bad and the good guys were only good. Why does Pedro Pascal get work? Wait, you're talking about the Mandalorian? No. Or yeah, and- Pedro Pascal is in the Mandalorian. He's okay then. You're talking about Diego Luna. <laughs> Sorry, Diego Luna. Pedro Pascal can have my yeah. No, uh, Diego Luna. Like, why does he get work? Can can anybody? He's getting his own show. He's getting his own show. He's getting Andor the show. Yeah. Why? I'll watch it. Is that I, the only thing he's? I don't know what else I'm, he's. He's, yeah, been in, he's been in a couple of different things, but I can't tell you what they are. And anyway, that's why I'm bothered. By I will life. be first in line to watch Andor. <laughs> Light, lightning round. This is supposed to be quick. Right. He, I so, choose I choose Rise of Skywalker. I love it. I love the ending of 
the saga. Do I, it. <laughs> do it. I love the characters. I love Ray. I love Finn. I love Poe. My f- my second favorite Star Wars character of all time, Ben Solo, Kylo Ren. Oh, he's I he's love great. him. Oh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Oh, oh my God. Stop with the noises, you creep. Adam Driver. I love Adam okay. Driver. I, I will equally do that for Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. I'm sorry. I don't... Anyway, okay. Oh. <laughs> Dying whale noises. Oh. That is our... No. That is your lightning round. Wait, 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 wait. I got mine. Oh, shit, I got a... Oh, excuse me. I you said a... Rogue One. <laughs> oh, no, I, that was my question. Yeah. This whole thing spawned from my question. He's drunk again. <laughs> hey, at least okay. the time's better this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My lightning round question, okay? We all know of the cultural significance that Star Wars has on... The world, right? You're right. And we all see the rise right now <laughs> in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Do you think Marvel will ever catch up or surpass Star Wars for its cultural significance? Uh, yes, absolutely. I say no. I think yes, because um, one of the main tenets of the mutant movies, of the X-Men movies, is it's all of like the mutant comic books are all about racism and anti-Semitism yeah. and all of that's that. All X-Men is It's about. all, that's like right. the main tenets of X-Men and they only talk about that briefly in the first one that came out in the 90s when it wasn't even important. It was important but it wasn't a natural wasn't discussion. A main, yeah, yeah. So I think that as, like obviously now people are growing up with all the Marvel movies and they have no, they're not stopping anytime soon. Right. I think that as time continues to progress and the Marvel movies come out, which start discussing like multiculturalism and the importance of diversity, XYZ, I think that it's going to become like people are going to be growing up with these movies and referencing them a lot. I 100% think so. Because if you think like Marvel Comics has been around for almost 100 years at this point, and they're only just now getting their film stride since really 2000. Yeah. I would say 2008 is when Marvel really struck it with Iron Man, you know? Uh, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Best Spider-Man ever. Uh, Wrong. Not wrong. Tobey Maguire, best Spider-Man ever. All right, what do you think? Star Wars stays the titan of cultural significance? I I think Star Wars will always stay the titan, but I will not undermine what he's saying about Marvel. Marvel has done something as far as, like, over a ten-year time span. Marvel has taken a franchise of films and done with them what a TV series would normally do. But it's done with them on a level that's never been done before. And now they're taking over TV? Right. So Marvel's doing things that other franchises have never been able to do. But as far as being able to take over Star Wars and just being able to take over like the cinematic storytelling and the tie-ins and the novels and the comics on that scale, I think they got some catching up to do. And I think Star Wars have had such a lead that you got fans, even fans that are like of Star Wars that are stories that aren't even considered canon anymore. Yeah. You've got such a strong hold there that I don't think that can be overcome for a long time. While Marvel's done some great strides, and I don't think other franchises can catch up to Marvel, I don't know if, if they can beat Star Wars. Yeah, I agree with 
both of you, what Marvel is doing is absolutely fantastic. And what it's going to do, hopefully if it sticks to source material and the actual topics that the comics are actually about and not just fantasy and fanfare or whatever, but right. the actual topics that Stan Lee was going for, then Marvel's going to do fantastic things. I think Star Wars is just too much of a titan to overcome. I just think that uh, eventually I feel like the well runneth dry with Star Wars because Star Wars has a lot of good stories, but they're all tied so clearly to one another. Whereas a lot of the Marvel storylines, they like they tie together at points, but then they diverge on their own at different times. The only thing is there's only so much Marvel um, Marvel source material. It's still being written. It's still being written. Right. There was a the thing. But the thing to is, Marvel zombies. But the thing is with Star Wars is there is it's just an ever expanding universe. They could just make up say, oh, Mr. Glibglob from Planet Poopy Poop. That currently exists. Right. His name's Jabba the Hutt. He's <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is they could just make so much stuff up. And I understand the MCU can just be like, oh, let's make another Captain America movie. It won't be based off of any source material. But then I don't think it's as genuine. Right. As the other stuff. Why? Well, uh, like, you know, like, I don't know, well, like, kind of like, we go through phases when it comes to cinema. Like, we went through a Western phase. We've gone through, like, the space phase. And maybe right now, only time will tell. Maybe we're going through the the superhero phase. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Like, maybe we're in the, the height of the superhero phase. It started with Iron Man in 2008, and it's, it's developed. But who's to say that that won't fade If it time? continues for another... Tired. So, think of Star Wars. It's been a phenomenon for 50 years, roughly. Right. Almost 50 years. So, if you think of what will Marvel be in another 50 years, can it sustain? I don't know. But Disney has done a lot more, or a lot more with a lot less. Yeah, but you got yes. You also have to think is that Star Wars has stayed relevant with, what, 12 movies in 50 years, where Marvel has done... 25 movies in 10 years. So like like he said, this just might be the superhero stage mm-hmm. where Star Wars has stayed relevant for so much longer with such less content. With less content. So, you know, like who knows? Minus the video games. The yeah, books, of and all, that other all stuff. the other stuff. But you got to right. think how many people out there that are just movie fans that don't know anything about the books or the comics or the video games. But yeah, good discussion. Yeah, I think that that's that's probably going to sum it up for us, right? Like, that's that film's given. That's we, we, yeah, that's yeah. it. So yeah, no films given. Episodes one and two. No films given. Episodes one and episode two. No films given. Episode <laughs> the threequel is <laughs> coming, and we did the lightning round. All so right. uh, thanks for listening. If uh, you guys have any comments or questions, or want to recommend some random obscure films or just some hot garbage you want us to list watch and talk about uh hit up the comments or just you know text us because you're mostly going to be our family and friends anyway so uh thanks mom yeah so uh <laughs> thank you mom and dad for listening i hope you guys had fun uh we just drank and talked shit so all right have a good one bye right. guys